0: You are experiencing HR After Dark, solving the people problems that keep you up at night. We exist to make the people part of business easier for leaders, entrepreneurs, CEOs, and business owners of all kinds. Thank you for tuning in to HR After Dark. I'm your host, Jada Willis, CEO of Willis HR. I am joined once again by Kelly Hall. She can't get enough of us. So she is senior h r consultant with Willis Hr that needs absolutely no introduction, but we are talking about a really interesting topic today neurodiversity so this i mean it's it's somewhat a new term to me, but I don't think it's new in general, and I think Kelly's going to talk to us just a little bit more. so if you're not familiar with neurodiversity. Sociologist Judy Singer coined this term to encompass the diversity of human brains. So this would typically include, you know, people with autism, ADHD, dyslexia. So again, that's not new to us, but it is a focus on encompassing disability in the workplace. And are thinking about diversity and inclusion. We should be including neurodiversity. So Kelly, talk to us a little bit more about, well, a, a new term to probably a lot of leaders, a lot of managers. I don't know about you, but there's not a lot of uh, chatter about neurodiversity right now.
1: No, it, it, there isn't. And and I will go back to it. I don't believe that these are, this is a new phenomenon that we're up against, right? It, it's, this isn't a generation of individuals who are the first to register on the autism spectrum Right. that may have been diagnosed with ADHD, OCD, dyslexia. I just I think that those things have existed in the workforce for Mm a hundred years exactly, but we didn't have a name for it right. So someone who thirty years ago had dyslexia, Mm -hmm. he just didn't pay attention to detail. Right. That's what we said. Right. And right. And you know maybe somebody with ADHD just they can't focus. Mm Hmm. They squirreled. Yeah. They're yeah. Right. They're just all over the place. He he can't be in a meeting for more than twenty minutes and and focus. So. I think that obviously it allows us to gain an underst- a better understanding mm-hmm. when it has a name and it is being researched and it's being identified so that we can address it and adapt. But I also think that when you do that, you are then telling someone that they are different. So for a manager, mm-hmm. it is hard enough to just think about your job as a manager that you're going to go in, be with your people, you're going to figure them all out, make them all great, encourage them, motivate them. That's right. And then someone makes the mistake of saying, oh, and by the way, Mm -hmm. this person has ADHD Mm -hmm. or this person has a a neuro Mm -hmm. diverse, I don't even know how they'd say it, but essentially... It creates this fear, right? Mm -hmm. Because now in the minds of managers, they've got to have all these extra skills. Now this person is, is special. When in fact, they've been dealing with this all along. They went to school with people who operated like this. They are friends with people who operated like this. They have worked beside them and now they're leading them. Exactly.
0: But it doesn't mean, and of course, we're saying this as HR professionals, that we're treating them differently in the workplace, because these are all protected categories under the ADA. Absolutely. But I do think that what is interesting is that this, you know, term of neurodiversity is making us take pause and take stock into what's our recruiting strategy look like? And then what does it look like whenever we're managing employees that fit into the neurodiversity bucket, if you will? And and one example is, does it mean, does it make sense if an employee is maybe... A bit more focused in the morning. That's when there should be meetings and more engagement with the team and more overall interaction. And then there's more independent work maybe in the afternoon. I, I'll, I'll say this. I haven't been diagnosed with any of those. But that would actually work really great for me if I'm organizing my schedule. We're all a little different when it comes to hmm, how does our schedule, how does our overall you know, accommodation happen? But it doesn't mean that you should walk in and impose that if you see that someone cannot focus in the afternoon. This should also be something the employee is bringing to you and also could be requesting a workplace accommodation of some sort.
1: Absolutely. No, absolutely. You know, when you think about just um, the endless variations in neurocognitive functioning, right? The people who work better Sorry. in the morning, mm-hmm. work better late at night, prefer meetings, prefer to work alone, all yeah. of those things. And how do we make, mm-hmm. create an environment create an where, environment. where everyone yep. can be successful in their job, on work on teams, all the things that are required. Because again, we do have to maintain consistency mm-hmm. and we do have to make sure that everyone is being treated fairly. And how do we do that when other people have needs outside of what work for you as a manager? Exactly. Right? If, if you are one of the people... Works better in the morning. It's yeah, going to be difficult exactly. to find out that sixty percent of your team is on fire at three p.m. You're so
0: right. You're so right. I'm not saying every day is going to you know look exactly as if it would be that schedule. No, right. But I do think that there are are ways to accommodate the majority of your work week, and this is just one example. But just in thinking through, I think that also, in essence, in thinking of these traits like this in neurodiversity format, I do think it's going to impact the performance reviews and expectations of the job, right? And so how we're accommodating, how are you supporting employees? And, you know, in an earlier podcast, we talked about how we're meeting employees where they are. You're getting to know the individual. Well, this is one aspect of that. And, and I think there's only a significant increase in the diagnosis, as you mentioned, from ADHD and dyslexia. So how can employers, I mean, that's really it. How can employers focus on this diversity, equity, inclusion strategies to make sure that we are including members of the neurodiversity community?
1: Well, I think, honestly, employees want to see their organization recognize things like this. Yeah. And I'm a big fan of going to the source. And so I would honestly suggest that, now it's going to be difficult if you have five employees, right? But if right. you have a larger team, I would indicate that you're interested in setting up a resource group to oh, kind of talk through these things and yep. create some opportunities because you'd be surprised how many different ways there are to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. And we're a 24 seven society. Right. I mean, we really, our core business hours may consistently be Monday through Friday, nine to five. But the truth is that we are working. Most of us are working all the time. And Mm-hmm. We really need to start looking at some of the alternate resources, exactly, and start maximizing to technology, sort of revolutionize right. hybrid work. Absolutely, where we
0: can, let's do it. And I think it's you know taking it even a step further and just re-examining. I mean, that's what we're doing right now, even after COVID, is re-examining the way we work. How can someone, whether it's a disability or whatever the case may be, purple hair, how can they add value? to the workplace, using their talent, skills, and experience. How can I, you know, utilize this individual to make an impact to the core business functions? And guess what? It's a win-win because Absolutely. then the, the individual's employed.
1: Absolutely. All things. Yeah. And so, I, would, I would counter that. or Not even counter. I would support that statement with. Counter and support. A counter and support. With um, just the recognition that if you ask, most people will tell you.
0: That's Wait, what are we asking? How can I best support
1: you? Team, here's five questions about work environment. Yes. Right? Yes. They will tell you what works. And what you might find is that Mm -hmm. there's several people on your team that are struggling with working from home right now. Yeah. And that's a perfect opportunity for you to take a look at, you know, just co-working, where two people dial in. and and put. Oh, I love co-working. Right?
0: Almost like a Zoom meeting.
1: We do this at Willis HR. We do. We, we absolutely do. And it's been very successful. And I think that it's things like that, right. You're going to get the ideas from your team because the truth is a cha- you know, your challenges as a manager in this environment mm-hmm. are vastly different than they are for an individual contributor. And people know what they would like to see. They just don't know that you're interested in hearing about it unless you ask.
0: You're so right. And I, and I also think that employers can take it a step further because they're most employers are already talking, planning in regards to their diversity, equity, inclusion, commitments Absolutely. strategies. But this should be on the table for conversations. And what does it say even on your website, whenever you're sharing your commitment to diversity inclusion, is this something else that you're considering, you know, as an employer? I don't think that this topic
1: or this term is going away. Oh, I don't either. I, no. But I, I agree with you that I don't think when when organizations hear diversity mm-hmm. that they think neurocognitive. I really don't think that that even I don't touches think, even disability. I, I that's don't a fair
0: think, statement. Yeah, and and
1: you know this is a side note for another
0: podcast. But I also am seeing that disability claims with the EEOC are also on the rise. So that's another podcast topic, but definitely relates to what we're talking about today. I think that we can continue as employers and as HR professionals to focus on, you know, diversity, equity, inclusion, but really think through what does it mean to have neurodiversity in the workplace? How can it impact from recruiting, from the onboarding process to managing employees to the overall employee life cycle? What can we do as employers to ensure that we are really just being equitable in the workplace?
1: Yeah, and, and honestly, maximizing the power of our resources because there is power in all of these labels. Yeah. And they all definitely apply to work and work product. How do how do we get the most out of our employees? That's right. And that absolutely.
0: Baseline care about people, baseline how operate with good intent, but I do think that we all we all as HR professionals and employers can We have room for expanding our scope when it comes to diversity, equity, inclusion, and the just ever-evolving world around us. Absolutely. We will continue to change as a society, and we have to pivot and adjust, and we want to. This is it's a good thing for people. It's a good thing for our society. It's good for business. So on that note, thank you so much for coming back and just sharing your knowledge and your wisdom. I can't wait to invite Kelly Hall back. our next podcast. Well, actually, I'm not sure she agreed to that. So maybe the next, next one. So (laughs) thanks again. And for all the listeners, please feel free to visit our website, willishr.com. And if you are a business and you're not currently a client, you can also take our HR risk assessment. It's free. We're also going to schedule a free 30-minute follow-up to that risk assessment with one of our HR professionals.